2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: This is kind of cool. Ross Tucker with us, which is always great. And he mentioned, I guess last week, having the call for the game in Cincinnati on Saturday, Minnesota and Cincinnati. And he remember, Bulldog, he said how uh, loves being on the Saturday game because then his friends are all texting him that they're listening. They happen to be in their cars, right, Christmas and Christmas shopping, whatever. Christmas yeah. shopping, right? And that happened to be me on Saturday, so I turned the game on on my way to kids' sports. Probably I'll think of it, and there was Ross. And Ross, I thought you did great.
0: Awesome, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. It was a fun, awesome game. And, you know, it's funny. I think I said this at one point. It made me like proud of the NFL. Just in the sense that here you have both teams' backup quarterbacks. For the Vikings, it's their fourth guy starting this year. And yet they both had winning records. They both came into the game in the thick of the playoff race. Stadium was packed. There was a bunch of Vikings fans there, away team fans. You know, it was a great game, went down to overtime, pretty well played game. I don't know, I just. I think that's a real positive if you can have backup quarterbacks and still fill up the stadium and make it an exciting game. Yeah, I think everybody would have rather it was Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, certainly, but, you know, that's just not the way football is. It's not the way football works. Guys get hurt. And so I thought it was a really good product, neither starting quarterback being available notwithstanding.
2: Yeah. Do you, do you expect the bubble to burst with the Bengals and Browning? Uh, because, you know, Burrow gets heard like, okay, we'll forget about them. But, you know, as we sit here today, they're still ahead of the Bills and everyone can't – I mean, people are falling over themselves to tell you how much they love the Bills right now. But the Bengals are still ahead of them. Do you think that can last?
0: Well, I no. I mean, I think that they're um, I think they're pretty good. But they've got three more difficult games coming up against teams with winning records. And, you know, I think they've been – they were certainly very fortunate to win that Vikings game. Yeah. I mean, very, very fortunate. Mullins with the two interceptions in the red zone in the first half, and they get stuffed on two quarterback sneaks and overtime and all that. So, um, I would imagine that the Bengals lose at least one of these last three and maybe a couple. I don't have it in front of me. Exactly who those opponents are, but we highlighted a bunch of times during the broadcast that you know these last three games are against teams that are also in the thick of the playoff race or whatever.
3: At Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and then Cleveland is uh, the Bengals' road. Well, when Bulldog Ross says everybody's falling over themselves complimenting the Bills, you're you, you're in that you're in that group of people. Um, here, here we go, the Kansas City win. They they got it, and then. Dallas was just a, a kind of a beat down here. How surprising. I, did, I don't know. I didn't like for in terms of analyzing or predicting this game, Ross, that I sort of felt like Dallas would roll over just because we've seen it. And I I, I think something like that, like, well, I got to figure out some other plan here because that's not how you do it. I mean, that's not, it's not the, it's not handicapping one oh one. just, oh, well, this team is usually lost. So, but, um, It kind of happened. I I don't know. They were sick. The Bills did great. It seems both sides of the ball with, uh, you know, schemes for this game, and it turned into an easy win.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. So let's talk micro first in terms of this game. And can you imagine if last week, you know, while everybody's driving around and I'm talking to you guys, if I had said, I'm telling you guys right now, Josh Allen's going to throw for less than 100 yards, and the Bills are going to win by three touchdowns. (laughs) No way. Like, I would have gotten laughed off the show. Um, I loved the Bills' approach. I mean, you guys know the stats more than I do. I can't remember the last time the Bills ran the ball that well, that convincingly. It was like taking me back to a couple games we had with McGahee and Travis Henry back in the day. Um, And I felt like we had more of those games in the second half of the year a lot of times because I do think there's something to home games in Buffalo in, like, December. Um, And watching that game, man, I I don't want to take anything away from the Bills because what they did was really impressive but it also really did not look like the Cowboys wanted to be there. I mean, those guys were sticking the blocks like glue. It was like, it was like they weren't even trying to get off the blocks. It was bizarre to me. And, um, you yeah, know, they don't – I mean, I don't know about – the sickness thing is laughable. There is no sick in the NFL. I've been – my rookie year was 2001. To my knowledge, I've never heard of a guy missing a game because they were sick. I can't recall that. I, mean, I can remember playing – in Buffalo, when I was sick as a dog—bronchitis or whatever, pneumonia—I don't know—and you just you just play like that's how it works. Um, and it's not an excuse, so I don't want to hear the Cowboys are sick. Give me a break, that's laughable. This isn't Pop Warner football, um, but it was really really impressive. and that's the other thing too is like it's not like it was even that cold. No, it was like 45 that, degrees. That's like <laughs> as warm of a December, <laughs> right. that's like as warm of a December game in Buffalo as I've ever heard of. <laughs> and they still didn't look like they wanted to be there. I don't know if they were still riding high from that Sunday night win over the Eagles or what. But it, it felt like a really impressive performance by the Bills. It also felt like a no-show by the Cowboys. That said, you know, that's three, in my opinion, really impressive performances in a row by the Bills, right? I mean, I think going into the week I had on the Raw Tucker Football Podcast, The Cowboys number two in my power rankings, and the Bills totally smash them. The week before, I probably had the Chiefs three or four, and the Bills beat them. The week before that, you know, before the Bills by, I had the Eagles number one in the power rankings, and the Bills really should have won that game as we talked about. So, you know, I know what their record is. I know when I do these power rankings, what people say, but. You know, power rankings are fluid. How teams perform throughout a season is very fluid. And like the Jaguars and the Eagles are good examples of that right now. So today on the Raw Soccer Football Podcast, I had the Bills as the third best team in the NFL. I had it uh, number one, Niners, obviously. I think they're clearly the best team. Number two, Ravens. And number three, Buffalo Bills, even though – They have several more losses than the teams below them. I don't really care. Like, I I go by what what I think would happen if they played a best of seven in my backyard (laughs) right now. And if the Bills played a bunch of these teams in a best of seven in a neutral site right now, I think they would beat most of them.
2: How important, in your opinion, is – I don't know what word you want for it, belief, swagger, confidence is is a catch-all. We just talked to our our beat guy, Sal Capaccio, uh, last segment or segment before last, and and he said he senses a, a different vibe around the locker room. Um, So, like, I don't know, how how much is that worth? I mean, maybe the Cowboys were feeling that way coming into this game with the Bills, and look what they did. So, you know, maybe it can be, you know, a glass ceiling there, uh, or glass floor, rather, that you can fall through at any moment. Um, But how much stock do you put in, like, a a team's belief in itself currently?
0: Yeah, I think it means a lot. Um, Although I will say it's strange, to your point, Bulldog, on how it can still just flip. You know, That I reference it a lot, but that '04 4 season, when we started out 0-4, and then we went 9-2, and including winning six in a row, you know, we really thought we were as good as anybody. And if you go back and look at some of the quotes, I mean, even Marvin Lewis and people like that were saying, man, you don't want to play them in the playoffs. They are good. After we beat Cincinnati real bad, and that was kind of, the, and then we're even beating the Steelers starters and then they pull the starters and put the backups in and we lose. So like, I think, and I don't know, maybe if they kept their their starters and we would have won, you know, I I don't know if it's (laughs) like there was like a subconscious letdown when they took, you know, all their starters out. And there was guys in there that, you know, we didn't really know as much about them. Right. We hadn't seen a lot of them on film or, you know, we knew it was like, I think it's probably human nature almost a little bit to let your guard down a little bit against guys like that. But at any rate, um, I do think it, it means a lot. I tell people all the time, you win like three games in a row in the NFL. You just, you get on this, you get this feeling of like, we are really good. We can beat anybody. And that's kind of what the Bills look like and feel like right now, which is pretty awesome. I just, I've been reading up on some of these tiebreakers and stuff. It's just wild that, I mean, obviously I think we all expect them to win these next two. Can you imagine after everything they've done like the last month, certainly the last couple of games, that they somehow lost the Chargers, the Patriots?
3: Yes. I
2: can uh, imagine it, yes. <laughs> Being in this chair for 25 years, yes, I yes.
3: can imagine it. <laughs> you, you put 2004 back in our heads, I can imagine it. I'm starting to I'm starting to expect it. No, not really. Uh, Ross Tucker on the Western Hotline. San Francisco and Baltimore, the two teams ahead of the Bills in your power rankings, meet Sun- or Monday night, Christmas night, in San Francisco. Let's start with the Ravens of these two. I'd like to hear you on the 49ers, too. Um, Bulldog and I do our own reverse AFC power rankings. I'm sure you've heard of them. And uh, for the second week in a row, we went Bills 2, Ravens 1. Like, these are the top two teams in the conference, in our opinion as well, with Zach, our producer. And so what is the gap there? Like, I would tell you, I've seen the Bills, we've seen the Bills win in Baltimore as recently as last season. They beat them in the playoffs here. Are the Ravens so much better than what they've been where they, like, have to be ranked ahead?
0: No, they're ranked ahead because they're 11 and three. I mean, I, I think uh, I think if the Ravens played in Buffalo right now, the Bills would be favored. I think if the Bills played in Baltimore, Baltimore would be favored. I think if they were at the a neutral site, it would. Be, my guess would be it's almost a pick 'em with a slight edge to to Baltimore. You know, they've they've really been ravaged by injury. You know, I mean, Mark Andrews is their most important skill guy, other than Lamar Jackson, the tight end. He's done it for the year. And then they were really getting a spark from this undrafted rookie running back, Keaton Mitchell. Yeah. They just lost him in the last game for the year. That's tough. I mean, you know, they still have Lamar Jackson. They have a very good defense, which is playing really well. And so I think that's, you know, that, that's the positives right now, and, and they got a great chance to have the number one seed, which would be just two home games there in Baltimore. But I'd feel a lot better about them or a lot stronger about them if they still had Andrews and they still had at least one of those running backs, J.K. Dobbins or, or Keaton Mitchell. I don't really think that they're necessarily any better than the Bills. Those teams are pretty even. In my mind, um, which is to say, I think the Ravens are definitely beatable if the Bills were able to get to the point where they play in Baltimore in a playoff game. That that doesn't mean they're going to win, but it's not like it'd be, it's not like the Ravens would be prohibitive favorites in that Mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Okay, um, I mentioned the Niners too. San Francisco is a five and a half point favorite against Baltimore Monday night. You sounded like you think there's a real gap there. I think most people do now that it's almost unanimous that San Francisco is the very best team in the NFL. What do you see in terms of how they do it, right? Like the, they stand out as the one team in the league whose players are always open, and the, <laughs> their guys are good. I mean, they're good players, but. It's, it's a lot of scheming with San Francisco, it seems. At least that's what the consensus appears to be.
0: I would agree with that. Um, I think they do a lot of things other people don't do. A lot of it's under center. A lot of it's bootleg and play action. Everybody wants to shotgun everybody else to death. And so it almost becomes the case where what the Niners do, which used to be like the more normal stuff, the more traditional stuff, ends up being unique. They have multiple MVP candidates in the quarterback Brock Purdy who's likely to win it and Christian McCaffrey. They have the best fullback in the NFL. They have the best left tackle in the NFL. They have a top three tight end in the NFL. They have a top five receiving core in the NFL with Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk. They have the best linebacking core In the NFL, they probably have the best or one of the best D-lines in the NFL. I mean, they're really, really good. They're like the perfect marriage of roster and talent and coaching at the same time, at the same place. They've stayed pretty healthy this year for the most part. I think uh, on today's betting podcast, it's called the the even money betting podcast that I do with Steve Fezzik, who's a pro better out in Vegas. He said that um, he has the Niners, whatever this means, 10.25 points better than an average team and the Ravens seven points better than an average team, meaning in a neutral site, he thinks the Niners would be favored by essentially 3.25 points, right? Mm-hmm. So a little bit more than three neutral site, the Niners over the second-best team in the league. So they're favored by more than a field goal on a neutral site against any other team in the league. That, that's, a, that's a pretty decent amount.
3: Mm-hmm. And that would make this line make sense to him, probably five-and-a-half uh, at home yeah. on yeah, Monday Yeah, that does
0: make sense because it's, it's in San Francisco, Yeah. for sure. What's interesting about it, though, is like the Eagles losing last night I think kind of gave, I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is with the Lions, but because the Niners beat the Cowboys and the Eagles head-to-head, you know, them. the the, the Eagles losing kind of gave the Niners some breathing room. They're not going to look at it that way for the number one seed. I mean, they're going to go out and do everything they can to win this game because they probably want to be able to rest some guys week 18 if they can.
2: What is going on with your Eagles, Ross? It fe- It feels like... Maybe going back to the, their, their win in Kansas City, even though they won the game, they, they, they struggled. Um, we already talked about the Bills game uh, that followed that. Um, so, I mean, they played some tough competition here, but, you know, they don't look like themselves.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you could argue playing the 49ers and Cowboys that they were really good teams and that the Eagles kind of ran out of gas. At the end of a really tough stretch, beat the Cowboys in a, you know, thriller, beat the Chiefs on a Monday night in a thriller, beat the Bills in overtime and the defense is on the field for more than 90 snaps. And so it kind of felt like they might run out of gas. And that's what happened to the Niners game. And to a lesser extent, the Cowboys, both those teams had 10 days to rest and prepare. They really don't have that excuse. For last night, um, I thought they were a little bit better on defense than they had been, certainly until the 92 yard touchdown drive for Drew Locke. And offensively, they, I don't want to say that they've been figured out, but three games in a row where they've scored under 20 points, they're bogging down the red zone, they're turning the football over. I think defensively, you know, they lost both their linebackers. Both their safeties, you know, Slade just had his knee scoped. I think there was an understanding Avante Maddox and Nickel backs out for the year, and there was an understanding that they would probably take a little bit of a step back on defense. They lost some D line depth. Hargrave signed with the Niners, etc. But the offense is the same guys, right? Like mm-hmm. the offense is the same receivers, probably a better running back, same old line, you know, all that stuff, and so it's. Not a great look for them that they played the way they have. And really, even if Jalen Hurts just had done a better job or they had done a better job taking care of the football these last two games, those games might have might have turned out different. I mean, they were obviously one play away mm-hmm. in several different instances of winning last night's game. And now it's, I mean, now it's, they're in a really bad spot. I think if they win out, they'll still likely win the NFC East, either be the two or the three seed, which is great, but... It's hard right now to imagine them going to San Francisco winning the game and getting back to the Super Bowl. the flip side is, you know, they would have to play five games between now and then. So there's, like, there's a lot of time for them to kind of figure out new schemes or get, kind of get their rhythm back, mm-hmm. get their groove back before that, before that rematch, if that's what happens.
3: Right. And the, as you uh, implied, they should skate through these three regular season games. I mean, you never know. But two with the Giants uh, and in between home to Arizona. Ross, it has been uh, our pleasure to have you on as it is every week. Merry Christmas to you and your family and to Rachel and to everybody you know.
0: Yeah, likewise. She's, she's not happy I'm not going to be there for Christmas. We're going to see uh, what, Santa, what Santa brought Monday morning, and then I'm driving a short drive to Philly to do the Giants and the Eagles for Westwood 1. So, again, Mike, Bulldog, everybody in western New York, you're driving around driving home from uh, grandma's house or driving your <laughs> uncle's or whatever uh, next Monday from 4.30 to 8 or whatever, check, uh, check out the game Eagles-Giants. I'll be in the booth for that one.
3: Love it. Chiefs-Raiders, Eagles-Giants, Ravens-Niners on Christmas.
0: Not bad. Yeah, you know, I love that because then the drive home, even if there's traffic or whatever, being able to listen to the Ravens-Niners, that'll be great for the first half.
3: Thank you, Ross. Merry Christmas.
0: Absolutely. Likewise, guys. See ya. All
2: right. There's our man, Ross Tucker, on the Western Hotline. His appearance is here on WGR, brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com.
3: I've got a column up at our website, wgr550.com, just to look at the teams in the wildcard mix with the Bills, their schedule. We got into some of that with Ross there in terms of the Bengals, and you can see uh, for yourself. I thought when he when he said, he started to say, Can you imagine the Bills losing one of these two games? I think it was going to go, imagine them winning them and still not making it. And there is that possibility where they win even the Miami game too, but do not get in. So they will need some help from somebody, and some of that is laid out in this article at WGR550.com. The Sabres are home to Columbus tonight. We'll have Paul Hamilton on at 6 to start our pregame coverage. Jack Quinn expected to play. Mike Schoep the Bulldog here at 803-0550. This is WGR.
1: I think last night was just a product of, you know, I don't think anybody envisioned being able to have that much success. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I knew that going into the game, but I felt confident in the guys up front. I felt confident we would be able to run the football and, you know, it wasn't broken. So why try to fix it? You know, I was proud of the way that the guys responded and kind of how they played and, you know, they didn't blink, they were like, do it again. And uh, just seeing our receivers and our tight ends, even Josh, just the way that they were playing, knowing that the pass game wasn't the emphasis, a lot of fun to see.
3: Joe Brady, rave reviews as Bill's offensive coordinator. And like we've talked about, like it makes sense that Brady would be up to this. You know, you want as a coach, I think, uh, you know, good pieces you know, it can be a good you look know. on a coach if you're perceived to not have good pieces and you win anyway, but this makes life easier. So he's got that, but this guy's career, I feel yeah. like it seems v- very possible that he could really smash.
2: He's a good piece.
3: He's a good piece.
2: coach is a good piece, right? I mean, you know, coming out of LSU, I mean, yes, good pieces can get, uh, you know, can get damaged in shipping, you know? So he goes to Carolina and gets kind of ding there. It's just not a real match uh and you know it's a mess and the coach is going to end up getting fired he gets fired so you know he's a little uh you know the shine is off a little bit off of the lsu joe burrow jamar chase justin jefferson circus and um so come here rehabilitate and the opportunity presents itself and he is he's in a good spot
3: let's go to bill here hi bill
1: hey guys Uh, appreciate everything you do Uh, I know there's some talk about, you know, Josh, if we win out and he has finished strong, he could be MVP. Is there any chance if we were to win out, win the AFC East, maybe get a two or three seed that Sean would be considered for coach of the year? I know we have six losses, but it'd be kind of fun to see when everybody had their pitchforks out and the (laughs) article came out uh him to get that honor i mean he's had to deal with injuries and just the turnaround of the team i think would say something if we were to win five straight to to finish it out to make the playoffs so what are your guys thoughts
2: i we talked about coach of the year a couple hours ago with, with that was with trista right mike mm-hmm. um and what when we when we talked about a coach like mcdermott it was on the heels of talking about i think how shanahan doesn't get any credit the players don't get credit because of shanahan shannon doesn't get credit because the players in my head, I'm thinking Sean McDermott's it, the only chance to win coach of the year was 2019, maybe. Uh, two th- maybe 2020. Um, or oh, 17. Remember. Okay, sure, when he first got here. Once Allen becomes the rock star that he is, unless you go like 15-2 and two or something uh, and like coast to the one seed, and even then, it's still going to be somebody who wasn't thought to be good that's good, and that coach will get the credit. Like McDermott is, is – He's got, he's got Josh Allen, and that's always going to count against him in a weird way in something like Coach of the Year. So, I I think it's improbable. It's not impossible um, that you know they could run the table here and he could get a lot of juice. But there's been almost none of it to this point, and I just I I'd be stunned if it came if it came down like that myself.
3: You know that Ron Rivera has won it twice. Wow. So that's it. Which one is the Newton MVP year? Thirteen or fifteen? Maybe I
2: think fifteen is the year he had the crazy year.
3: Okay, fifteen and one. Yeah, and he's got McDermott the is final there
2: touchdowns and all the rushing touchdowns. Yeah.
3: So there's a year where you won the MVP and Coach of the Year as a team, Carolina. Not one or the other.
2: Right. That's fifteen and one. That's fifteen I mean. and one.
3: Yeah. That's what you said basically.
2: Fifteen and two. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I tend to agree. I I don't know that there's a super obvious candidate right now there are a number of names you could turn to depending on maybe how you would analyze it like bulldog is mentioning kyle shanahan he gets a lot of credit just not in terms of coach of the year right like that that, that's too uh, good he's too
2: good for coach of the year
3: he's too good and his players are too good (laughs)
2: right
3: yeah um so i i think maybe mcdermott has too far to go want to share some personal news seems like as good a time as any i'll be off after today at approximately twelve fifteen PM yesterday, December eighteenth, mm-hmm. I successfully installed that software update on my phone. Oh, I thought it was
2: going to be about the dog. Okay,
3: <laughs> no, thank you though. Uh, we are getting a dog tomorrow, but okay. yes, uh, it happened. It had to to borrow from Jim Lampley when, which is it? Is it Foreman and Buster Douglas? It happened. It's a great call. I think that's the fight. It's not. It's not. Uh, Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. I think okay. it's I think it's George Foreman winning the the championship back. It happened. So good. Well, that's what I'm saying about this. I over a span of more than a week was unable to delete enough content from my phone to make room for this update. And you know what? Yesterday, I was just inspired. That's it. I mean, I know the, the you're at, you're waiting with your questions. Mm-hmm. I was just inspired and was able to delete, I think it was 113 pictures and videos together that made enough space for this update. Right, so,
2: But if I send you a text message right now, is your phone going to burst into flames?
3: No, it feels like it's really working well.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and this this update meant sort of like a different font and a couple of different oh, looks yeah. here yeah. from the phone. Yeah. So there it is. There's some nice personal news you. to share.
0: All right, good. Hey, everybody. I
2: feel a little, I gotta feel like I feel a little left out. I see you know, people I follow that I, I would consider you know, I'm friendly with, at least on social media, not that we're actual friends or even acquaintances in person, like in real life. Um, but I see people complaining about uh, the, the latest iPhone update. And I've gotten in, and I, I, feel, I, I, don't know, I feel left out. Like, I don't have anything to complain about. Like, it's not making my life a living hell. Uh, there's no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, feel, I feel like I'm missing, I'm missing an opportunity to complain.
3: Ooh, you hate to have that happen.
2: Yeah, I want to come on, I want to be in on it.
3: Hmm. Well, you got to start know. something, start something else.
2: Maybe I'm just not asking my phone to do enough things that I don't really notice. I mean, I don't know. I'm a pretty, you know, I'm pretty entry level.
3: Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's got to be a lot more it's capable of than I ask it to to do. <laughs> we try to try to keep it in its lane. You know?
2: Yeah, if I have little, like look at my wife's phone, her like her, every screen of her phone is like, you know how you've got maybe, I, I don't know if you have this or not. I, I don't. All my apps are, like, alone, right? Like, I don't have so much going on that I need the screen space that I have to put, say, all the social media in one of those little bubbles, right? So, like, you know, each of those icons becomes shrunk down and it's in a, a little tiny. My boy's phone is only that. I hate that. it's That's all it is everywhere. Like I don't even she's got like eight of everything like categories I, 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 can't even, I can't even deal
3: with it It's all in like departments
0: yeah right oh right
3: that's probably efficient, but it probably is. I don't want to go searching for my right. you know it's what Yahoo app right. just give me the big why yeah. make it easy
2: yeah. like the, the most I could probably handle is if I were to put say uh, the rideshare the two popular rideshare apps together. Maybe I could handle that. If I had like Uber and Lyft together, maybe I could, I could, I could handle
3: that. What about the betting apps?
2: I only have the one.
3: You're you're loyal to Fanduel. If
2: I'm loyal to Fanduel. That I'm, you know, uh, I'm doing their ads, and I, I had when we first started one of the other ones, and I cashed out of there after I won something, and just never looked back. So I don't shop around. I know that's smart to do, but you know, I've got a relationship with Fanduel.
3: I have, like, seven, including DFS. Like, so FanDuel has two, DraftKings has two, and I've got Caesars, MGM. I don't have ESPN Bet. Uh, Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. Sneaky Joe once said, you're a Bet Rivers guy? I've used each of these, but Mm -hmm. the only time I ever open any of them except MGM is to see if I have money in it from something I bet on a long time ago. Right. (laughs) And then I'll just leave it, just in case, of you know, whatever, but... MGM is the one I always turn to for no real reason. I did their ads for like two weeks, but yeah. I'm not even sure it's my favorite. It's just that's the one that that's yep. the button I push. Here is Matt with us. Hello, Matt. Matt.
0: Hey, gentlemen.
2: Hi, Matt. You're on the air. Go ahead.
0: Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to follow up on that call that, that uh, the last
2: the, the caller about the, the you know Coach McDermott being uh, you know Coach of the Year. He. Uh, You know, he took over the defensive play calling, and, you know, with all the injuries that we've had and uh, the adversity he's gone through this year, if we run this out and end up getting, you know, maybe even winning the AFC East, um, just wondering, uh, you know, what you guys think would, you know, who else would get the, uh, you know, coach of the year?
3: Oh, that's... Okay, yeah, I mean, it's not to say he wouldn't have done a great job in that scenario or hasn't done a good job already, but... There are, I don't know, what are the odds? Indianapolis's coach is the favorite. Dan Campbell's been up there all year. We're talking about Shanahan, who's maybe doing the best job. Um, and who else? How about John Harbaugh? How about McCarthy?
2: Mike McDaniel.
3: Mike McDaniel, yeah. Maybe you get a bill showing in Miami that just stuffs the Dolphins, where everybody's expecting at least, I mean, even the game here. Miami moved the ball great. They just turned it over a few times and couldn't stop the Bills. Maybe you get sort of the Bills defense becoming a bigger story than it's been, and you get some momentum on this. But I'll say the same thing that I said before, which is I think it's probably too late for the Coach of the Year award is what we're talking about. All right. uh, Thank you for the call. We've got Matt, that was. Paul coming up at Sabres pregame here, top of the hour. Sabres home to Columbus tonight. We've got the hot dog of the day uh, tweet here. It's exciting, if not confusing. We'll throw, run that by Bulldog after sports or after a break. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, WGR. Sabres and Blue Jackets tonight. Pre game in about 10 minutes. Many are talking about how excited they are for tonight's, to call it one thing, visiting hot dog.
2: I've not looked. Okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a blank slate here. Hit me.
3: The sea bus dog. I get it. All right. Now, I don't know what the origin here is. Jeremy tweeted about it. Ohio's Johnny Marzetti casserole. Jeremy seems to know, Johnny Marzetti isn't a famous restaurateur or anything. It's a casserole named after the creator's brother-in-law. This might be... There's. So-
2: there's. He's got family by marriage in Columbus, I think.
3: Jair does. Uh, yes. Yes. So okay. Like this is someone local who is honoring their brother-in-law okay. by by using the, the his famed casserole casserole <laughs> on a hot dog.
2: Okay. All right. All yeah. right. We had we had mac and cheese. I mean that's kind of a casserole.
3: This is made with ground Italian sausage, beef, peppers, mm. and onions, then topped with macaroni and cheese on top of a hot dog. Is there a limit? To what we can handle here as a, as I, a society,
2: I believe we're there. Right this now. might
3: be it, right? If we're if we're putting something else on top of the macaroni and cheese here, it's just we're just <laughs> going to break. I would love it. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't love yeah, it.
2: That, no that that sounds that sounds like that would taste really good to me. Just just saying,
3: can you get the dog of the day without the hot dog? I might just want this casserole and macaroni and cheese. I might just want that on a bun. Or just scrape uh, it out of the bun? Skip the bun altogether? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't put a dish like that on bread normally. You'd put it on a plate. No, that's,
2: that, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the you only put reason on the for the bread is the hot dogs. If you remove the hot dog, you probably want to remove the bread,
3: too. Yes. Pre-game next. Heads up, everybody. You may know this already, but this Bills game Saturday night is a peacock game. First of its kind. It will be shown in the local markets on local television, Channel 2 in this case, but in those of you who listen to us not in Western New York or in L.A., I guess, you're going to have to find this game, Bill's Chargers.
2: On Peacock, right, yeah.
3: Find somebody who has Peacock.
2: Or some other way, yeah,
3: whatever, yeah. Yeah, just sort of plan ahead.
2: Yeah. Well, good luck, everyone. Yeah, my 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 pa- I, hopefully my parents are listening. It'll uh, whatever. I'm gonna uh, no, I'm not gonna see until Christmas Eve. Uh, so it'll save me a phone call. But the Sabers were on. Um, it must have been a, one of the uh, a Hulu game recently that was like ESPN. Yeah, yeah. There was a home game. I forget against who now. Um, but it was ESPN night. Pooch-A-Gross was here, and my dad called. You know, t- seven fifteen. Where's the game? I can't... <laughs> it's mm. the tough, tough. It's on a computer, Dad. <laughs> right. For, forget it. You're, you're cooked, bud.
3: That was Detroit, I think.
2: Yeah, that's right. So hopefully uh, hopefully uh, they're hearing it now and they know that it'll be on NBC.
3: Jack Quinn's debut tonight for the Sabres as they host Columbus. We'll get into it next with Paul McShope sure and the Bulldog, WGR. <sighs>